Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Sales Prospecting School podcast. My name is Ted Stevenho, and today we're going to talk about putting some of the elements of the Prospect Factory system that we've been going over in the recent episodes together. We're going to read a little bit out of the book again. I'm on page 113 called Section 4, Putting It All Together. And I just, um, before I read this, I'm, I'm reminded of this. There's this guy named Derek Sivers who's quoted as kind of a marketing guru guy and um, lifestyle sort of person and uh, in fact Derek and I have emailed a few times and he's I just I really enjoy his insights to things and one one time I was listening to one of his shows or some somebody he was a guest maybe on Tim Ferriss or something like that and he talked about how people would write a book a person might write a book and have some really great idea that appeared in like the of one of the later chapters and he he'd read the book and he'd get to that late chapter and he'd think to himself Oh man, this is an amazing part. This is a this is a huge idea. What a bummer that so few people are going to ever see this, because a few people finish reading nonfiction books, and and b few people finish reading nonfiction books. I mean, there 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 can be great ideas that appear later, and it's just such a small number of people make it that far. And in this case, this is a section that's got one of these summaries where it'll touch on some of the things we've been talking about in recent shows, but it's it's just the magic. I mean, it's this moment where you're like, Oh man, that's, it's, it's, it sees prospecting in a certain way that, uh, you know, I, I couldn't put this section in the book earlier because without description of the fundamental parts, it just wouldn't make that much sense or it certainly wouldn't make as much sense as it, as it does at this point for, for those who have been through the earlier material They go, okay, well, I know about all these, these individual terms. I know about these individual pieces. So, with that knowledge, you're ready to see what synergies occur when you put those well-understood pieces together and assemble this entire system. So if you haven't listened to the old shows, please, I mean, invite you to go back and, and, and hear, hear those programs where you can understand more about these building blocks. And then, of course, I'm always going to invite everybody to go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Prospect Factory because you get it there too. But the, the good news is this is all available for, for free. Uh, if you're willing to go back and, and listen to those shows. But so today, this is kind of this, it's not the end of the book, but it's it's just this moment where finally all these pieces come together and uh, it's just beautiful. Uh, and I, I can't tell you that when I invented this system for the parts that are of my own making versus some of the things I learned from others, and I mean, it's always a combination of things, but I didn't know when I started doing this that I was going to ever come to a day where I could sum it up and have these pieces fit together and this create this amazing synergy that then really became this powerful system that frankly was be changed my life like it you know helped me change my life and the lives of lives of, of other people <clears throat> because it created the system that that produced these leads of which enabled us to, to build a successful business and and do all kinds of good things for for many many people so so well hey so without further ado let's jump in uh, we'll read section four putting it all together now that you're familiar with the various elements of this prospecting system, let's take a moment to look now at how those elements, when brought together, create opportunities for synergy. 4.1, every day of phoning is a good day. The relationships between the various elements of the system make it so you are able to derive an extremely high overall value from telephone prospecting calls. Even on a day when you receive no finished leads, you can still have a productive day on the phone by sending one-pagers and by further qualifying your list. This happens because you, and these are bullets, ask for the names of and the permission to send one-pagers to not available prospects. The second bullet, 
collect meaningful information from prospects, and thereby help identify and qualify a plus list. And the third bullet, eventually use the plus list to create an independent mailing list. Before I started doing these things, the only way I could derive value from calls was by directly finding finished leads over the phone. Today, I use the information I collect from phone calls to help me create and pre-qualify a mailing list. Additionally, I endeavor to send one-pagers to as many pre-qualified prospects as possible. These simple enhancements have had a dramatic impact on the overall number of sales leads I generate as a result of my prospecting efforts. 4.2. Synergy between the plus list and direct mail. The continuing process of pre-qualifying prospects and sending those same prospects direct mail over time also creates tremendous power. Today, I send mail to a mature plus list that has been years in the making. As I write this, my plus list contains well over 5,000 records. I created this list by, bullets again, utilizing personal research and observation, making calls to my primary list and plus list, keeping track of and removing the names of disqualified prospects I encountered, and carrying forward the better quality prospects I found. If I had not done these things, I estimate that I would have to send anywhere from 20 to 25,000 letters to a regular or general mailing list just to reach the 5,000 pre-qualified prospects on my mature plus list. Direct mail and the dilemma of collecting qualifying information. If I did choose to send the 20 to 25,000 letters to a regular mailing list, one recurring problem would be in the area of collecting qualifying and disqualifying information. The problem with direct mail alone is that it provides little feedback from prospects. If I sent mail without doing any other primary research or making calls, I would only be able to collect qualifying information from the prospects who either responded to my mail or came back as undeliverable addresses. If I kept sending mail to the same basic list over time, I would send letters to prospects who, bullet list again, are below my minimum standard for a prospect, make decisions about what they buy in a location that is different from the location to which I send mail, are disqualified for any other number of good, reasonable, and rational reasons that I will never be able to determine because I cannot get detailed feedback from just sending direct mail. By sending mail only, I would send letters to these same disqualified prospects repeatedly with no conceivable way of learning who they were or removing them from my list. My only screen would be diligent pre-mail list search, which I'm doing already. Using this system, I avoid wasting money sending mail to so many disqualified prospects because I engage in primary research. I make calls to my lists. I keep track of the useful qualifying and disqualifying information that I discover. As a result, I can weed out large numbers of disqualified prospects and operate at an increasing level of efficiency. 4.3. Synergy between one-pagers and OK codes. Yet another extremely valuable synergy brought on by the interrelated parts of the system is in the area of follow-up. It is no great revelation that sometimes salespeople do a less than wonderful job of following up with prospects. The combination of OK codes and one-pagers, however, makes follow-up so easy it is difficult not to do a fantastic job. Rather than distance myself from prospects because of follow-up problems, I build bridges by promising to send prospects information and then actually doing it. When a prospect promptly receives a letter I promise to send him or her, Many times the prospect remembers in a positive way, hey, this is from the guy who just contacted us the other day. Following through on these types of promises helps prospects begin to know that they can trust me, and it tells them that my word is good. I am certain that this kind of modest bridge building has had a positive impact on my prospecting and sales results over the long haul. 4.4, synergy with referred lead prospecting. Though there are several notable differences between this system and referred lead prospecting, 
there are many opportunities for synergy when the two systems are combined. In fact, the two systems even have a way of complementing each other. This system begins by drawing a line around a market for goods and services, and then it moves to directly develop that market. Alternatively, referred lead prospecting begins by defining the characteristics of customers and then asking who the salesperson knows personally that either one, already possesses those characteristics, or two, could lead the salesperson to prospects possessing those characteristics. The difficulty with referred lead prospecting alone is that referred lead prospecting sometimes progresses too slowly. Referred lead prospecting places too much emphasis on the salesperson's pre-existing natural market of contacts. The salesperson's natural market is critical to referred lead prospecting because it is the springboard to future prospects. Using referred lead prospecting by itself makes it difficult to gain complete coverage of a market, i.e. to contact and or approach every prospect or at least a high percentage of the prospects in a market. By integrating this system with referred lead prospecting, one can achieve the best of both worlds. Once a market is defined, it can be approached directly. Simultaneously, every opportunity can be made to develop a referral base from within that market without ever slowing down. Okay, that's the end of that. So let's, let's go back and highlight. Look, I, I don't know what other sales training people are having or what podcasts are listening to or what's out there. I, I literally, I just, I have, I have no basis for understanding where people would be. In, fa in fact, I, one of the bases I have is that most people say they, didn't, don't, they don't get any sales training. Or if they did get sales training, it wasn't really that comprehensive or they didn't have the quality that they wanted it to have. So I assume when people think about making cold calls or, or doing you know, sales prospecting outreach, that they, they are predisposed to believe that success or failure hinges on whether or not you find a lead that day. You know, I, I, I just think that's common and, and, and it sets up a psychological paradigm where someone sits down and makes calls and their only objective is to get finished leads from that call session. And if they don't get any leads or enough leads, not only are they dealing with probably not being trained how to deal with, with the no's they're going to hear, but they, they come away from it going, oh, I didn't get enough results. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't do what I needed to do. And, and that just creates just a, a bummed out scenario. It creates this sense of, oh, no, the world's going to end. I'm not, I'm not succeeding. I'm not finding the prospects I need. I'm not going to be able to make my career work. It just causes stress. I mean, that very first step of, of, of setting the expectation, if it's not defined properly or if a system's not in place to be able to extract maximum value out of those calls, it, it's not only is it a it just it's a waste. But it's just it's a, it's a double waste because it's it's leading people into this psychologically distressing space, and it's like if with just a little bit of structural change, not only can you extract more value from the calls in general, you expect extract more just more more value out of the salesperson. You're not having an individual person, whether that's you or people who work for you or people you work with, that are burning their energy by placing their their focus in the wrong place. And that, that causes higher turnover and that causes sadness and, and tears and, and pain and just, it's just not good. So nobody taught me about how to create a system where I could use the phone to extract or to develop, to cultivate information, which then could be redeployed successfully in the form of a mailing list in this case, that would then yield so much more in terms of results. And, and, I, it's, and I, again, it's, it's, it's hard to get from a distance because it's not just the results, it's the psychology 
So now I know when I make calls, even if I don't get any finished leads, I'm still having a great day. Literally t today, I didn't get a finished lead. I don't think I got them from the, I did 100 calls before the show today. And I just qualified my list. I sent one-pagers to people. I sent immediate e emails from people who asked for them. I, I fixed addresses. I fixed contact names. I did all the stuff so that when my mail goes out in the next cycle, it's going to be an improved list because it's going to go, you know what I mean? It's going to more, more accurately mail. It's going to more accurately reach people who are there. I took people off my list today who were out of business, who I called for, I've been calling for years, and all of a sudden I call them today and their phone's disconnected. I mean, if I didn't do that outreach, now this is B2B. B2C, this is complicated. You may not be able to do this kind of work. But if you're a B2B company, especially, again, all those Mountain View people that listen to this show, you know, that do software as a sales, or as a service, rather, in the business-to-business -business market, I mean, come on, okay? Spending all day blogging on LinkedIn, I mean, there's a utility there, but it's, it's quite another thing to say, what kind of company buys a product that we sell? And where the hell are they located? Let's make a freaking list, okay? And we're gonna, now we're gonna reach out and we're gonna call these companies and we're gonna try to figure out who handles buying what we sell. I mean, do, do we have a name? Do we have a correct address? Do we have a correct email address? Do we have, we're gonna qualify this list. And when we talk to people that we have a good call with, we're like, oh, this works, or they seem like they're the kind of buyer. Like this is, we def, we've double confirmed they're for real. So we're gonna have a mailing list. And we're gonna, we're gonna spend time creating copy for a mailing list that, that meets the people and the needs that they're having. And we're gonna show them how we solve the problems that they wanna have solved. And we're gonna have this machine that reaches out and calls people. I, I love you guys, okay? I mean, seriously, because you're, you're all tech folks. Now, there's a lot of people listening to the show or not in this startup space, but just for a second, go with it. You're all tech folks and you're thinking, well, we gotta use tech to reach people. Please see the reality that the old school stuff, the phone and mail, literally, oh my God, how could I possibly, how could it possibly be this way? But there it is, okay? Is a phenomenal way to reach your, your, the market for the, the products that you're selling. And it just, I, you know, you just have to set the system up and run it. And in time, you will just yield the, I, it's, so, it's so hilarious. I, I mean, I've talked to other shows about how, like today I got emails because the world, I don't, I only made a hundred calls, but I just make these calls in the morning again. Like I've said so many times, it's, it's like going to the gym. It's my 20 minutes on the treadmill or whatever. It's my, my thing I do. I started at eight. I was done before 10. Okay. And then I, then I carry on to do the other things in my day that I want to do. I mean, I literally collected emails today from direct people because of calls. It's like, you know, you, you know, okay. If you're doing e-marketing, right? If you're doing online marketing with a lead magnet and you're trying to collect emails, you have some success with that. Maybe, maybe it's a mix. Okay. Because remember if you're paying for keywords, you, you, you gotta, you're going to come down to a cost for those emails and how much of those really cost you. It's absolutely amazing that I can literally pick up a phone today and just, just suck out of the void, like just draw out of the, out of the wilderness, new contacts and new emails and connect with people directly without waiting around, without spending $40 a click on, on keywords when that I'm competing with everybody else in this little tiny space in Google. So again, I'm not saying abandon the digital outreach or that it's not gonna be a good thing or in some cases it doesn't work or that, it does, it, that, there, that there aren't situations where it does work. I'm just saying, take a, take a look at this concept because it is life-changing and, it, and it's the beauty, one of the beauties of it too is that you have control over it. You can actually know how many calls you're making you can track the records. You have all kinds of data to tell you how well you're doing. And and, the, and one of the Mac Daddy datas of them all is the return on the mail. I mean, there is just, you want to talk about a no BS statistic? You spent A on the mail 
you sold B, you subtract the two, and you say, okay, did we make money or not? And you'll know. And it just, it, over time, as you develop a quality list, and I mean, everybody's heard, I assume, over and over again, this whole idea that, you know, the, the quality of your career is based on the contact list that you create. Well, what are you going to, are you going to sit around and wait for people to call you? I mean, you, you, you use referrals alone. I, I, I mean, I get where people can, on a person-to-person basis, sort of bump into others and create a contact list. And they, they, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell connector types are out there where they're just, all their lives are just really good at connecting. And that's cool. But if you're not that guy or gal, and you didn't grow up in a world with a natural market that has a bunch of contacts who are interested in what you're doing. And if you're doing this, I'm going to pick on the mountain view guys again. Look, did you grow up in a country club where everybody wanted to buy your software that you're trying to sell as a service? No freaking way. I mean, maybe two or three people. You get lucky and they happen to own firms or whatever. You went to school, you went to Harvard or whatever. You know some people who might have companies that can use your stuff. Well, once you get past those people, then where are you? Okay? You have to have a system that engages the broader world. And so, Sony, I got my big rant here. But so every day of phoning can be a good day, which is just like, I, I just don't think people know about that. And the difference is this collecting data. The difference is this cultivation of prospects so that you can work to identify the better quality prospects over time and then stay in touch with them with with regular mail so so yeah apologize for my fired up rant there but so then the second part okay synergy between the plus list and direct mail let's just hone in on that a little bit in a normal environment where you pre-screen the living hell out of a mailing list before you mail it and I, I mean i get it i i have done this list scrubbing and pre-screening and man i know that world okay I, you, at the end of the day, you send that list. Let's say it's, uh, in my example here, 20, 25,000 letters. There is just a limit to what you can learn in pre-screen and pre-list screening. The data companies that you work with, and I, I mean to have this data guy on who can talk about lists and stuff and how the, the heuristics they use and the way they come up with these lists, but no matter how good the list is, it's still going to have issues. There's still going to be wrong numbers. There's still going to be mail that you send that that goes to the wrong office or isn't addressed to the right person or th- what you can learn by doing the primary research of reaching out to companies directly and say, hey, we're calling to speak with the person who handles widget at your company. And they say, oh, that's that's Jane Jane Smith. And, you know, she's not at this office, but you can reach her with this email address or you can send mail to this address to reach her. That fine tuning over time, right? I mean, improves the quality of the list and it, accru- it improves the effectiveness of the list in reaching other people. And so... I just, I mean, if you hadn't stopped to think about the idea that, well, I've researched this list and I did all this work to pre-qualify and scrub, but once you mail it, you you, you just don't get the feedback. There's an, and and I, I mean, you know, everybody's been to Home Depot or whatever, and they go, oh, fill out our survey and you can have a chance to win whatever it is. I mean, I get the utility in those things, but you're only getting survey results from the people who are willing to fill out surveys, who are willing to make the gamble to get the free stuff. Whereas here, you're able to do research that's not it doesn't hinge upon someone's willingness to be able to provide it. And with the and then in the case of direct mail, it just there's no opportunity. People just take direct mail. If they're not interested, they throw it away. Now, you'd like to know why they're not interested or if there's a reason that, that they don't have interest that is insurmountable. Because if it's insurmountable, then you can take them out of your system. And you can over time begin to focus on the people that actually matter. And, and, and this, this also, by, by identifying that smaller list, then the resources that you apply to develop it, you can, you can increase the spend you do, right? If I know they're good people or I have a 90% chance that they're pretty good people, then I'll spend more money take, re- reaching out to them, right? More money, time, and attention. And after all, those are the people you should be spending more money, time, and attention on. 
because they're the they're the most high high potential prospects that you have. So, so this idea of the of the mailing list, it's just uh, I, I I apply every ounce of energy and thought to creating and scrubbing the best possible list. I mean, I make what it would be a really kick ass mailing list in the beginning, but then I take it to this whole different level, which is then I then I do primary research by by reaching out to that list. And it is just so helpful to have, to have all these little pieces, all the, the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted to be able to get to the right people in the right place at the right time and, and understand more about how they buy and also have great conversations with people and begin to connect and have relationships that I build over time because I'm actually doing the work of engaging the people on the list. So it's a huge difference maker, okay? Now, additional synergies, okay? This issue between the one-pagers and the okay codes, you actually have to maybe put yourself back in the world, maybe a pre-email world where salespeople just, you know, maybe it's changed today because it's easier to send an email, uh, but it just seemed like in the old days, salespeople just didn't do a very good job of following up. And I, I can't believe just based on the human nature element of that, that that's, not, that's not still a problem. And when you look at what are the reasons why, you know, we unbundled before how Moving, removing obstacles from your way. So when you sit down and make calls, you basically just have to sort your CRM and you have numbers come up and you're just ready to go. And you're not sitting there wondering about, well, what if somebody asked me to send them something? What am I going to send them? Or if I have to reply to this person, do I have to create a custom email to be able to answer their questions? Do I have to do all these things where you're breaking the system, where you're stopping the machine, you're stopping the line by having to deal with all these custom replies. And so what, what, what we're looking for over time is the ability to take any kind of a thing that would have stopped the line and say, how do we automate this? How do I put this custom issue into a drop-down list with a pre-prepared email template that I can respond to people easily and it doesn't break my rhythm, it doesn't get me away from the phone and make me less efficient? So the OK codes have all this power to be able to manage information, manage follow-up, understand what's going on in terms of your responses and and just it's just a really powerful system but i i what i really tried to highlight here was this issue of the follow-up where uh it's just it just makes it so easy to actually follow through because and it, it, it came up because i've made so many calls and I had so many people asking for information and when i would sit down and write a cover letter dear susie it's so great to talk to you today and blah, blah you know whatever if i even referenced the notes or something it just took too damn long to respond to all those people. And so just out of sheer necessity, I came up with this way to be able to pre-print the collateral that I wanted to send, right? And then in time, it developed into different types of collateral depending on the interaction I have with the person. But key, keyed on the OK code so that, that I, would, I would know at the end of the day, oh, go sort the list and go, OK, how many, how many number one letters or how many number three letters? Or I, I, have, I have a series of letters that I send and I know right who gets which letter, where it goes, it's ready to go, and I could get these things together and get them out the door. And it's just, it's again a system issue, but it makes the follow-up work so well. Uh, and, it, and it really, the fact that it's such a well-oiled machine, it really, it happened because of the volume, right? It happened as a result of the effort. Whereas if, if you weren't making enough calls and you didn't have enough prospects asking for stuff, you might, it might never occur to you. And you might live in a world where you custom replied to everything. And you kind of notice with the custom replies that sometimes you don't say exactly what you want to say or you didn't cover all the bases or you had to rewrite things or it became, it just it costs more energy, it costs more time. And so what I got here with, this, with the system, with the coding system, was the ability to be able to respond in a very efficient manner and get to people. And then and I noticed over time, 
that it, it begins to build relationships. It begins to actually, people go, hey, you really sent something. And, and then this is really kind of in a world. And, you know, I, I, don't have any, I don't have any data on how well salespeople are following up in the modern world. My assumption is that there's still issues here. And to the degree that you can systematize your response so that you're not having follow-up problems, you gotta be putting yourself in a better position. You gotta be building more bridges. You gotta be getting better relationships. You gotta be moving closer to the to the end goal if these if such systems are 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 in order. So so here, this is a synergy from the system that that was it, it came into being out of the volume. It came into the being out of oh man, I got sixteen letters to send. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. I gotta sit here and write all these letters and sign them and do all. I mean, and it's it was super inconvenient. And there could be days where like I. I don't feel like doing this today, or I'm not going to do that, or never mind, I'm not going to do that. Whereas with the system, I actually was able to follow through because it was so easy to do so. So then the last piece, and I, I referenced it in another show, that when I was writing this book, I, I first wrote a lot longer version of it. I mean, I told the story of when I got recruited into sales and was trained in, in the referred lead prospecting. I was trained how to use the phone where we would force people to personally reject us. It was just like this unbelievable system. And because I was so committed to succeeding, I was like, I learned how to do it and I got really good at it. And if I hadn't gone through the process of getting, getting into that system and seeing, basically forcing people to personally reject me, and then as a result of that process, realizing, hey, wait a minute, these people aren't really personally rejecting me. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. Maybe if I hadn't been trained on that system, I wouldn't have seen so clearly how most of the rejection that's occurring in sales is, is related. We'll talk about this in another chapter coming down the road here on, on the, as we get finished, finishing the book up. They're rejecting, they're rejecting a product. They're rejecting a service, uh, product or service, rather. They're, they're, they're rejecting, rejecting uh, types of outreach. Like some people like direct mail. Some people don't like direct mail. Some people, most people don't like telemarketing, let's say. But uh, people react in a way where they're not rejecting the product. They're rejecting the sales method, okay? Then also people are rejecting things because of timing. And so these three things are make up the, the lion's share of the no's that people are getting, and they're not personal. And so I was trained in this crazy system where, because we, we were forcing people in, in essence to reject us personally, I just learned how to deal with it. And maybe luckily, one of the byproducts of that system was that I was able to get appointments with people who were really low quality, not, I should say quality, I mean, every quality person in their own way. I just, they were very unqualified. They were very not interested. They were not really good prospects for what I was selling, but I was, but I was forcing appointments because of this crazy methodology and seeing all these people that were wasting my time and canceling appointments, and it was just a mess. And I just, I went through that, that experience, and it was so tough. And, and then when later on, I, a person I worked with and some stuff I'd read where I was suggested the idea like, hey, man, you got to stop meeting with unqualified prospects. And I thought, really? And I, I thought, well, I can give it a try. Worst thing that happened is it doesn't work. And then I changed my approach to this zero resistance, higher volume. And then I started only getting appointments with people who were actually interested. And then when I finally saw the light on this other side, this other, this other just approach, again, a frame shift. And it was like, oh my God, this really works. And I, but I took into that everything I had learned about how the fact that I wasn't getting personally rejected. Now I've, I've talked in the book here and I'll talk on the show and I'll, I'll, it's going to be part of my life for the rest of my life as I talk about sales prospecting, how it's really a frame of mind, whether you feel personally rejected and we can, you know, we'll talk about that more. I don't mean to jump, go, go take a deep dive on that right now. But, I, but I was, I was, I had made that shift where I just wasn't letting these things bother me. And then when I, and that, that, that paradigm shift with, coupled with the high volume and coupled with the let's look for interested people 
instead of trying to force appointments and, and try to you know sell and see people who weren't really compatible that that just changed my whole world and so so and i you know and i and i i could i can admit some resentment from those early days where i saw friends and people that tried to get into the business and they were taught this this system and it was a it was a wreck i mean it hurt people i mean you were taking it's like can you imagine i've got this great idea people don't like to make phone calls because they're afraid of getting rejected okay well what's your idea well what we're going to do is we're going to create a phone approach that actually forces that distills that, that that takes obstacle to the, is the way to a whole new level. We're gonna we're gonna create a phone script that makes it so that the way they get a no, the, the the outcome of the call is 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 it levers this issue of personal rejection. It's like okay, let's try that, you know. And th and that's the world I came from. Or that's the world I was trained in. And that that world, additionally, kind of just a little piece to kind of glue to that was it was a very referred lead based system so you'd meet people and ask about you know tell them well how do you like the process and the product that i have and is there anybody you know who you, you you can think of that might benefit from this approach and so we get these referrals and and i noticed at the time because i was not a person who had a huge country club personal natural market of people to talk to and i saw people who had those natural markets who did really well and used referrals and i mean like, again one of my you know, my best heroes from the early days is a multimillionaire today, great guy. I mean, he was just the right guy. He he had the contacts, the relationships, the natural market. He was very comfortable with referrals and he did extremely well with it. And I'm like, yo, God bless you, okay? More power to you, okay? But that wasn't me. And I'm like, hey, how the hell am I gonna figure out how to do this? So I, I ended up creating the system where I didn't need the natural market, right? I didn't need to go to the country club. I didn't need to play golf with people. I didn't need to rub elbows and do, frankly, what I think of today is just a colossal waste of time in my, in my world. I could use this other system where I could pull prospects, interested prospects, out of the void. And once I got going with it, it was just like, shoo, I just took off and it was like life-changing again and it was just this huge deal. So, so I, when I was originally writing the book, I was like, I. I took on the referral people. I mean, I, I went to war with that, and and I really, you know, really dug in on the the negatives of it and how how it could really be hard for somebody who didn't have the natural market and how it wasn't compatible with personalities and there was just all the stuff and and I, like I I said in another show, my first editor for the book, she just went, she just took a big red pen, and just went, <laughs> she goes, get rid of all this stuff because it's not contributing to your message, and so it really. This system was invented without referrals in mind, okay? But it turns out in this last synergy that it actually doesn't really oppose referrals, okay? The system itself, it, when I meet people who fit into the system, I add them to my CRM, right? If I happen to be at a cocktail party or something, I was literally at a baseball game and we're with these other people and this, this person was one of the folks in the group who I never met her before. And she's like, oh, we have this company, I have all these issues, and and there became this a, a prospect. It was, it was, it was funny. I mean, here was one of these classic scenarios where this was a personal relationship thing, just like I was I was taught about in my early days. And what I did was I just came I came back to the office and I went, oh, okay, well, and I just add new lead and I just put this person in the system, and then they become a plus list member and just they, I call with some regularity and check in and they also get mail and they became a person in my system. So it, 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 this, the system I have here, just in terms of a synergy, is that it doesn't oppose referrals. In fact, it's got a really great way of integrating with referrals if you happen to use them. But, but that's really, just a laugh, it's, kind of, it's kind, of, kind of an accidental byproduct. I was not looking for that, let's say, when this started because I was really looking for a way to thrive without 
uh, rubbing elbows at a country club and, and using a natural market. And and I also, as we we say earlier, and this is the, what what I read earlier about how in a in a natural market you've you've got limited reach, right? Um, whereas if you can look at your market as a whole, and again, especially like back to my Mountain Valley, Mountain View fo- folks, it's like a lot of those software as a service products have a very definable market. Okay. So let's say there's 10,000 companies in your market space that you consider to be your avatar of the right kind of companies who work with your stuff. Well, what the hell? I mean, how in the world are you going to get a referral to somebody in Topeka, Kansas, who happens to have a manufacturing company that would use your system? You know what I mean? It's, it's like you can't, this is just much better, uh, this system. But hey, if you happen to be at a trade show and you meet the person who is responsible for making decisions for what you do, uh, you know, who's from that manufacturing place in, in Topeka, Kansas, well, great. You can use this system. You can you can plug them into the system, or if they're already there, you can go. Oh, hey, update that record with this person who I talked to, who's who's really good on this, and you know this is what we know about them, and this is the right time to reach them. And you can make the referrals work within the system. So so it doesn't oppose referrals. In fact, it works really well with referrals, even though kind of serendipitously or like paradoxically, <laughs> uh, this system was really created. Uh, kind of a little bit of a, a battlefront stance uh, against the referred system, referred lead system, because I felt it to be very limiting, and uh, and so I so I chose to find another way. So, well, hey, that's probably pretty much for today. Kind of a ranty day. If I get some comments on social media, like you're the guy that goes shouts at everybody and goes too crazy on that podcast, and like yeah, I guess that's that's technically me. So, um, well, hey, everybody, thank you again for listening and making this a successful podcast. Uh, you know, it just blows my mind how many people listen, but this, some of the stuff is a real challenge for folks. I mean, I, I get it because it was a challenge for me and overcoming it is, is, is something that really can be life changing. So uh, not just for you too. I mean, for, for those around you, for your coworkers, for your family, for the, your customers. I mean, it's just, uh, this is, this is a powerful thing. If you can, if you can figure out how to develop business to, to make it rain, you can really make a huge impact on the world around you. So. So again, invite everybody to head over to Amazon.com if you want to read along. The book's called Prospect Factory. It's a revised edition. And uh, if you have any questions or discussion items or comments, you know, please, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is ted at tedstevenot.com. And to find more online about the work I'm doing and other writings I've done and free stuff and all kinds of things, you can visit tedstevenot.com, the website. Click on the Start Here page and you'll see all kinds of links to books and things that I've written and other articles and stuff. So, oh, and then also, if you find the show useful, please uh, scroll down and give me a uh, star rating on, on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts if you're using that or whatever podcast service you're using. I really appreciate that. It helps the show reach more people. So, again, hopefully you found today's show useful and other shows as well. And I really appreciate you listening. And until next time, take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.